On this episode, it's all about the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix and has the FIA once again made a terrible decision and ruined the sport in America, maybe even the world. We'll talk about it. We'll also talk about Max Verstappen's dad and how he doesn't like to celebrate anything. And we'll talk about Gunther, who's making a name for himself in NASCAR here in the U.S. All this and more here on the Track Limits Podcast. Hi there. Welcome to the Track Limits Podcast. My name is Taylor. I'm joined here as always by my friend, Harrison. Hello. So we are here today to talk about the results of the Saudi Arabia Grand Prix. Uh, our good pal Checo, friend of the podcast, obviously. Um, oh, he, yes, big friend, big friend, big friend. He uh, pulled out a wonderful win. Amazing what can happen uh, when Max is not on bowl. But we won't discredit Max Verstappen draw, climbing all the way from 15th to 2nd. Uh, and getting the fastest lap as well. Was it on purpose? Was I don't it know. all rigged against him? Well, we, Check <coughs> it was. It was kind of nice to. See, I don't want to say nice. I don't want to cheer for somebody's downfall. But it was nice to see like that the Red Bull maybe isn't invincible. Mm-hmm. Or now, granted, they are <laughs> by far faster than everybody. But thirteen cars. Yeah, but you know, he did have an issue in qualifying so it just seems like if they have issues but they did the same thing last year at the beginning of the year they figured it out uh but yeah it was nice to see that he's human in qualifying or his car is at least and um it almost still though even though he had the issue in qualifying it felt inevitable that he was going to be at the front now he did have some help getting there i think he still would have gotten there but with the safety car i think really helped him um yeah seemed like a we we kind of called it in a way that that red bull would blow him away i'm not Um, too far off you know before we get to um we've got i've got a nice rant for everybody today dealing with uh the fia and their enforcement of rules um and then unenforcement of rules and yeah we'll get to that in a little bit but first i'd like to talk a little bit about the race um First off, let's start out with um, the absolute disaster that was McLaren. Right from the very beginning, we weren't even five laps in. We weren't even one lap in. <laughs> I guess I should say for both. We weren't even both five were in the pits turns. Before. We weren't even five turns in. No, because so it, it was all from the same incident, wasn't it? Uh, I don't Unless know. he I was thought, just trolling. I thought, I thought uh, La- uh, Lando made it around a couple more times. Well, so unless he was trolling, he said. Um, he got damage from Oscar's wing that fell off, mm. which happened in like turn three. So it is, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, it wasn't his fault. Right. Oscar didn't do. Anything. I feel bad for Oscar. I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. He he had a great qualifying, got the position game because of Charles's penalty, and then was a little bit tentative there at the beginning. You know, he was being safe and cautious, and it ended up costing him a little bit. Uh, Pierre Gasly just kind of ran him out of space, but really unfortunate. I felt bad for the guy, and then Lando just getting collected by it, and just McLaren being bad all around was just a tough weekend to watch. How do you feel if I looked at you and said there are gonna be two races? We'll be through two races in this season, and McLaren is gonna be one of two teams who don't have any points yet. <laughs> I would be a little surprised, but if you if you told me that one was. F- most likely caused by a mistake in qualifying from Lando, I would I would be a little more shocked, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
He did Which, what we all do on the game, and that's he. We turned he turned in a little too hard, and you know we have to we have flashback for that. Unfortunately, he did not. You know what's frustrating though is that he should have the little. There's the guide on the track though, the like green, yellow, and red. <laughs> he so should why be able didn't to he just follow keep it the, the racing line? Yeah, he should yeah, have just followed the preferred line. Shows up there. Wow, what an um, idiot! Can I just say something else real quick? Um, poor Lance Stroll. Yeah, no, tough luck. Tough, tough luck for Lance Stroll. I want this guy to catch a break. We're on the Lance Stroll wagon now, man. I, yeah, we're big Lance. Listening. We've always been a pro Lance Stroll show. Mm-hmm. Never once. Hey, it's great to question. see. You know, we never once said we didn't want them to be good. We always said we didn't want them to be bad, and they were so bad. And now they're good, and it's fine. They they bought all the people from brought not bought brought all the people over from Red Bull to build their car. They brought the super villain driver. Lance is proving his worth. It's just he got unfortunate this weekend. Do you, um, as we continue on, I want to give uh, props to Haas, obviously, because they got one point. Uh, but very sad for Yuki Sonoda to get past there at the end. Um, yeah. But I, his his scream will live in infamy. <laughs> you got you got. I appreciate that, Yuki. I, yeah. I felt so bad for him when I heard that. He put in such a good race, and then and it's what's funny is it's not the Haas that qualified in the top ten that scored the point that passed him. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Get um, off the Hulkenberg train. Let's, uh, you know, Ferrari just kind of it was a whatever again. Um, Mercedes and Ferrari both just had a average weekend. It average. seems so. Here's here's the weird thing about this race that happened. If Lance Stroll doesn't retire, he probably finishes fourth, right? He'd be up there. The the top ten: Red Bull, Red Bull, Aston Martin. Then if Lance Stroll was there, but then it's Mercedes, Mercedes, Ferrari, Ferrari, Alpine, Alpine. So there's well, your top. That's what a weekend that's for Alpine your, also. Yeah, that's essentially your your top five teams and constructors right there, and then the the rest are all to play against each other and are close. It's pretty interesting fact there that that's how the race finished. I didn't realize until I was looking at it just a few minutes ago. Uh, if Lance Stroll doesn't wreck, we probably have five constructors in a row, both drivers, one two one two one two one two. But okay, so that brings up the argument that if Lance Stroll hadn't the what some people consider unnecessary safety car because he had it he was off the off track. the track and well you know pretty much right there where the marshals were um would I max was, have yeah i mean you could still say max yeah what am i what am i even talking about i'm gonna <laughs> shut up and he was <laughs> he was so fast and then i think he must have had like an issue or something there at the end and that's why he didn't catch checo but yeah, it, it, like like I said at the beginning, like it, it just felt inevitable at some point that he was going to get to the front. You never felt like, oh, it's anybody's race. You just felt he was going to win. Much like his dad, who was visibly upset that he did not mm-hmm. because he should win every race and be allowed to win every race by Red Bull in their eyes, it seems. All right, before I go on my FIA rant, is there anything else you want to say about this race? Um, we didn't get we didn't get what we were wished for when we wanted a banger of a race. I thought with the yeah. qualifying we would because Max was so far back. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, hey, it that's wasn't all that you great. Need, that's all you need for a good race. You just need to have Max start fifteen. You need you need Max that take the grid way. penalty. I think he he needs to start from the back. And so we then, need reverse grid. Yeah, I mean, essentially, if you're if you're him, 
you're not just in you want a challenge you might as well just start from the back every race don't even go out to qualify i think it's hilarious in qualifying is like everybody else is out on track and, and max isn't even in his car yet <laughs> because he's just so confident that he's gonna go out there and put in a good lap and he's just like chilling with his engineer talking and he's like okay so he's just gonna do one lap and be done and then he goes out there and he goes a half second faster than the next fastest car and you're like okay all right uh, buddy all right so um I'm going to go back to um, something that has been talked about on this podcast before, ladies and gentlemen. And that is that my belief that how the FIA enforces rules is detrimental to how the sport is perceived in America. Let me tell you why for anyone who's not listening in the United States and did not see, um, but most of you are. If you were watching the race, um, you saw that right after the podium, uh, ESPN cut coverage. Not a problem. That's what they do. They say to go to ESPN3 if you want to see the rest of Sky's coverage because they just, yeah, they got to get in with their day. I get it. However, you would not have realized that it was teased a little bit. There were some thoughts about it. You heard Mercedes talking about it, but then being very hush-hush about it because I know they didn't want anybody to hear it on the radio. Uh what they think they saw, which was that um, obviously uh, Fernando Alonso received a five-second p- second penalty for not being in the grid spot. I, that is, there's no disputing that. That one is correct. He was too far to the left. Um, so five-second p- penalty. He goes in, he serves his five-second penalty, which again is ridiculous that the FIA, if they're going to enforce it so much, requires the teams to keep count and then we'll we we, it's just two weeks in a row with this stuff it's ridiculous have someone there like an official i'm sorry like nascar at every box who's keeping time if they need to have everyone stand away from the car in a certain area and then there's a second light where they can run to it for stop goes or five second penalties whatever i don't it's 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 Formula One, for goodness sake. I don't understand why we have to make it so difficult. We've got um, we've got tools that mechanics use. Uh, state-of-the-art jacks, state-of-the-art um, equipment that flash green when things are tight enough and when it's time to go. I, I, I don't understand why we can't figure out the time penalty thing. We're just supposed to be good sportsman about that I guess I don't know if it's some kind of thing that kind of shows a little bit in FIFA sometimes as well Um, but whatever I just don't understand why this continues to be a pain point okay so the argument is he did not serve the five second penalty five second penalty correctly because the jack the rear jack was put on the back of the car whereas it's understood among the teams that only the front jack would be allowed because the front jack is used to guide the car into the box. Correct me if I'm saying anything wrong. So, okay, Harrison said nothing, so I'm going to say that I'm saying oh, everything. Okay, sorry. Go. No, I was just letting you go. So, the rear jack is on the car, but has not been activated, so the car has not been lifted in the air. However, there is an understanding as well that touching the car is considered working on it. So, 
He serves his five-second penalty, even though that the back jack was touching the car. And Mercedes noticed this. Somehow, somebody noticed it. I don't care. They're paying somebody. There's somebody in you know their headquarters. They've got a team of 1,000 people over there. Um, Haas is having to cut their pit wall staff in half, but it's okay. We've got 100 people that are watching other people's pit stops on the Sky Sports red button app so they can you know you can follow all the drivers live to scan the qr code on your screen regardless so you know that mercedes noticed this but they didn't want to build up to uh they didn't want to build up where alonzo would have a, a larger gap with george and therefore make the penalty moot and then george wouldn't get third so they kept quiet about it until around seven minutes after the checkered flag, the stewards suddenly note an improper serving of the penalty by Alonso. I, again, do not have a problem with Mercedes reporting that. Any team would do that if they think that an advantage and wanted points. I'm not against that. The problem I have, though, is that the FIA didn't bother to see this penalty. They had over 30 laps to see that this was not served correctly, and they didn't. Ladies and gentlemen, the point I'm trying to make here is that in American sports, I have been trying to rack my brain on a time where the outcome of a race after a podium ceremony was changed that did not involve a disqualification of a post-race inspection. I'm thinking NASCAR. I've seen, we've seen it happen in NASCAR. Something happened. I mean, we've seen with Sebastian Vettel. If, if it is a post-race inspection failure, I don't have an issue with that. It is the fact that it happened during the race and nobody cared enough to see it happen. How, how can we enforce these penalties on people, put these penalties on, and I guess we just trust them to do the five seconds. We're not watching them. Well, who cares? Who's keeping time anyway? Is it is it one Mississippi? Is it two Mississippi? Three Mississippi? I don't know. How do you count it? One 1,000? Two 1,000? Is there a stopwatch? Do they get out their very nice tag hoyers? I don't know. But I say all this to say that this is a problem in the U.S. audience because here in the United States... When a game is over, the game is over. Now, people can talk about blown calls. NBA, NFL happens all the time. All the time. But you realize it's part of the game. It was blown by the FIA. If they didn't serve the penalty correctly, the FIA should have said something then. Instead, we are waiting 30 laps, an eternity later, to go back and enforce a 10-second second penalty. It does not make any sense to me, and especially what eventually they go back uh, because Alonzo suddenly has a Rolodex of every time this has happened and pulls out seven examples quoted from the stewards' notes of where this has happened. So the stewards say, oh, okay, that's fine, which opens up another can of worms I'll get to in a second. Oh, okay, this is fine. You know what? We'll waive this penalty. But you know, as Will Buxton has said, that they will probably clarify this because they realized in the rules it doesn't say anything about the front jack minus back jack there's no specific specificity of exactly what is 
allowed and not allowed. So they're going to fix that, I'm sure, this week, and it'll be ready for Australia. But I just want you to imagine you're an American fan. You just lost coverage there because the race was over. You tune in next week. You're not your casual fan, and they're talking about how George got his podium last week because Alonso lost it after the race because something happened during the race. That's not exciting for sports fans. I won't even focus on Americans. That's not exciting. That's not interesting. That's not that's part of the sport. Now something else I'm going to throw in here that I've noticed online is that Fernando Alonso had seven examples of where the backjack was touching the car. And so it shouldn't have been a penalty. And the FIA agreed with him. What are the first things people say? Well, here are all the examples of where cars were allowed to pass and unlap themselves, <laughs> even if it's at the end of the race. So now they've killed themselves again because everyone's bringing back Abu Dhabi 21. You cannot be selective in this. It, I just want them to take a different approach. It is... I know we've had a, I, mean, I I say FIFA earlier, but I want to bring up VAR again because I feel like it is the exact same situation that FIFA runs into with, with VAR, where you can get farther along and then suddenly VAR just wipes something off. But I just want you to imagine that it, it suddenly wipes out a goal after the game is over. I, I mean, am I wrong in making that assumption, Harrison? That No. It would just... It would, it's not possible. It, you can't do that. And that's what was done here. I, I feel like there are certain penalties, if they happen during the race, that you can check. That the fact that there's nobody, we've got nobody, there are no cameras. All the cameras in all the world for Formula One, we've got no cameras to see if Lance Stroll was off the track. And we have no cameras to make sure that someone served their penalty correctly. We just can't do it during the race. We, we just can't figure it out. There are cameras in the helmets of the drivers, and we cannot figure this out. I say all this in conclusion to the FIA. You're getting what you deserve right now with Abu Dhabi 21 getting brought up once again. I honestly feel like it would have been better if they would have just kept Alonzo off the podium and and just taken taken their their hate mail and everything that's sent to the stewards. Instead, we've now pulled it off of Alonso, which I do think he deserves the podium. This is nothing against Fernando Alonso, and we have put back on this criticism and critique of how they treated the race in Abu Dhabi 21. And then, once again, putting Max Verstappen's championship into question because of selective application of the rules. And I feel like this isn't... There are certain rules in the FIA and in racing where you can have... It could go both ways. It could, is it pass interference? Is it not pass interference? Is it a catch? Is it not a catch? It's the same thing in racing. Was Did he leave enough room? Was there malice intent? Was there, you know, was it just racing? I understand moves like that. But knowing if something is touching a car and if they worked on it in five seconds, how can a, how can a sport 
that measures things to the thousandths of a second not be able to keep track of a timing of a penalty? I, I, I cannot understand this. They've done this to themselves. And you know what? They're not going to fix it. They're just going to go in and say, actually, nothing can touch the car now. So your five-second penalty turns into a God-knows-whatever penalty. Hell, at this point, just make it a seven-second penalty because you don't want to get hurt. Someone could be watching. A Mercedes goon could be watching, for all I know. Nothing against Mercedes and their goons. I just don't agree with a post-race penalty that is not a inspection penalty. That is not something that maybe I'll even go with something that happens on the last lap or so. Maybe even the last five laps. I could understand that. But 30 laps before the end of the race. There were, you weren't even halfway. It doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. I don't understand. And they get everything they deserve with this criticism and critique. And I'm glad everyone's bringing up 21 Abu Dhabi again. I'm not saying anything about whether Hamilton or Verstappen should have won that or any of any reasoning behind it. But they selectively applied the rules in that situation to many fans. And now here we are where they've gone back saying, oh, we, you know what, we shouldn't have applied the rules that way. It's ridiculous ridiculous and it's not going to get any better that's yeah, my I agree with you. i uh i like the 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 yeah, var shout out there because well so you know with, with the var and with soccer is like how many times you know as an arsenal fan which take that for what it's worth uh how many times do you go on after a game and you're like oh well the refs have come back and said they made the wrong call on the VAR, but they don't change anything. Mm. It'd be like the the FIA just being like, "Hey, we were we were wrong. Um, please forgive us. We were wrong, uh, but we can't go back and change it. The rules are the rules. We we made the call. We're sticking by the call. Uh, we're gonna put a new steward in charge, right? We're gonna put this steward mm. off for the side because he made the wrong call. Uh, better luck next time." Uh, you know, and it sucks because imagine if they went back and gave, you know, Arsenal, Chelsea, whoever, you know, three points because they should have won. It should have, could have, would have, you know, who's to say if that, that goal counted that the other team wouldn't score four more, right? So who's to say if Alonso had waited five seconds completely that he wouldn't have passed George or he would have passed George or he would have finished third, he would have finished fourth. Who's to say what would have happened? You know, everything, ha- you know, butterfly effect, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. It's a tough situation, um, but I think I do agree. It's like at least have like a light that if you have a penalty that goes off and then review it immediately, right? It's like, hey, Alonzo's got a five-second penalty coming up on this stop. He's going to have to serve it when he stops. We're going to have eyes on it. Oh, they touched the, they touched the car before the light was off? Penalty. You know, that that's so easy, right? Like, you see in basketball, oh, the shot didn't leave his hand before the red light went off and the time went out. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, it's, it's all stuff like that. It's like, how can we... We say it all the time. How can we be a billion-dollar sport and still be talking about the same stuff, right? 
Uh, but you have to think that like Aston Martin knew what they were doing. They they didn't just have those. They didn't come up with those seven instances yeah. or whatever after the fact. That's something that they've sat down and said, where can we gain some time? Where can we be more? Where can we do this? Because they have an actual team. You know, they have a con- quality control team or whatever you want to call it, full of analysts. Why does the FIA not have that? That says, where can we get better? Because you know somebody at Aston Martin was like, yo, like, look at this. Like, we could put the back jack on during the five seconds. It'll save us, you know, 0.25 of a second, which could, you know, be third or fourth. Right? Like, two tens of a second in Formula One is half the field at this point in qualifying. Now, granted, in a race, it's not. But, you know, two tens is a lot. And somebody's gone in and, and found that. So why can the FIA not go in and be like, where can we get better? Um because how many penalties this year have probably been served less time? Or how many penalties have been served? Now, more time, that's on you. Uh, but how many penalties have not been served correctly in the past three, four years? I'm sure you could go and find five, six, seven examples of people who went 4.9 or 4.8, didn't go the or even went 5.5 or something like that, you know, were extra cautious. Uh, it just seems like it's getting out of hand of how many times we have to come we come on here and we're like the FIA dropped the ball again the FIA dropped the ball again yeah and, and then and it was like know. and then it's like to like like you said to go back on your word because you made a decision and then they complained and it's like okay like you made your decision stick by it who cares set, set an example now of what you want the rule to be going forward nobody can touch anything even if it's not written Right, if that's what you want the bylaw to be, even though it's not in writing word for word for word, it wasn't in writing that you know the cars could pass. So you go back to twenty twenty one, just like everybody's doing. You know, you can't just like make words be what you want them to be at the time that's a convenient for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you know when I say how comparing this to how America would view sports, when I see like NBA or NFL. MLB, you know, you're going to have bad calls. It's part of the game. Everyone knows that. Something to be a ball should have been a strike or strike ball, whatever. Um, bad calls um, in the NFL, bad fouls, NBA. But people accept that as the game, and it does give them something to complain about. And, yes, games have been won or lost because of bad calls. And you'll see the organizations put out a, a – you know, two-minute review or something in the final two minutes and say where they missed calls or they did things wrong. I think it's difficult because I've heard this complaint about soccer when someone will ask me who knows very little about soccer, older person, and they're like, well, wait a minute, it's been 45 minutes. What's the plus whatever at the end? And I'll say, well, it's stoppage time because the time is actually cut by the ref. He's like, okay, well, now it's gone over stoppage time. And you're like, well, the ref kind of decides, you know, they get another play or something. Maybe there's something going on. And they kind of look and think, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. There's no... And soccer's kind of like that, and I'm seeing the FIA turn into a little bit like that. Sometimes I feel like people like guidelines and things that make sense. In the NFL, you've got 60 minutes and that's it. And meanwhile, in soccer, you're dealing with 
how do you explain? Well, I can't really tell you why there's this much stoppage time. It was the referee's discretion. I can't tell you why he said, you know what? I'm going to give him this one last corner kick over here, even though the time's expired because we're going to see how this plays out. You can't really explain that. It's just that the ref has free reign. I feel like it's the same thing with the FIA now. The stewards have free reign. Race director especially, you can go back to 21. He let, um, Massey just let cars pass, but not every car, just the cars needed to put Lewis and Max closer together. And I think that is something that people do not really take kindly to if you're a fan of other sports. Uh, especially the sports that are popular popular in the U.S. Am I out of line thinking that? No, because I think people want to say that rules sh- rules should be rules and they shouldn't be up for interpretation, mm-hmm. right? It's like basketball, a travel shouldn't be up to somebody's interpretation of what it is. It should just be what mm-hmm. it is, right? And I'm yeah. fine. Like I'm fine with we let certain cars. Like it's it's a stupid situation, and, and we don't have to keep talking about the 2021 finale it's like yeah it was People a dumb situation it. not a terrible you know whatever unprecedented time whatever uh that one being up for interpretation cool whatever you tried to do the best what, what was best for racing but when it comes to like serving a penalty or you know track limits or uh, you know a starting infringement somebody mm-hmm. went too soon those rules should not be up for somebody's interpretation it should be this is the rule and this is what our standard is going to be you know and, and even going to this it's like i said like it shouldn't be like i don't think that i, I get the protest and whatever and it's like well they did it we should be able to do it mm-hmm. it's like the fi doesn't need to be like okay well we let it happen in the past so i guess we'll let it happen this time it needs to be like, hey, this happened in the past and it was wrong. So we're putting yeah. our foot down now going forward. It's like, oh, I was going to make a really dark comparison, but I'm not going to do that. It's like, you know, if somebody murders eight people, that's wrong, even if they got away with it. It shouldn't mm-hmm. mean that if I go kill eight people, I can be like, well, this guy did it. I should be able to get away with it. Now that's an extreme example. But it's like the same, it's almost the same thing. It's like, you know, if they did it, we should be able to do it okay, but you broke the law, you broke the rules. This isn't up for interpretation. We missed it those seven times beforehand that weren't in this race. Mm-hmm. And this is how we're going to put the precedent going forward. Oh, it's the argument of if you get pulled over speeding and then you look at the officer and say, well, there's a guy in front of me who's going even faster than I was. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You were speeding too, weren't you? Yeah, and so, it's like, yeah, I think like what you said either too is like probably true is like going forward it's going to be more plain like they're gonna come out with a thing that's like going forward this is how instead of just being like hey we made our decision we heard your appeal we're sticking by our decision yeah yeah i just i again i'm just amazed that the fia if they want to make such a big deal out of this they've spent all this time saying that they're going to enforce track limits now um, which I need to write down because I've got something to say about track limits now. Uh, <laughs> track limits podcast, number one podcast in America, according to some people. But the the fact that you've got so many cameras now watching every 
white line to see if there's a violation. In, I hate to bring up Drive to Survive, but in Drive to Survive, they literally have the stop uh, the car coming into the pit, then changing it, and then drives off, and then there's the logo. Put those cameras over every box. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. If you if you care that much about it, I mean, I think not they are. seeing if somebody I think those cameras are on every box. I so they, they, they can't watch it? I don't know. It, it's also such a unique, you know, it's not like the NFL or NBA where they like, okay, we got to go to the monitor for replays. Everything is based on replay. The stewards are taking another look at it. I mean, all they're doing is watching replays. So it, there's just no excuse. I, I just don't see a way that you have to rely on other people tattling on you and telling you that another team did something wrong to enforce the very rules that you've enforced. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I don't get it. Another I mean, question I guess, for, I guess they're like trying to move, they're trying to be self-policing and hoping that the teams will just play nice. Uh, and that might have happened, that might have worked, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. It just doesn't feel like in this day and time with the technology that we have that teams have to be able to look at each other that that should be the case it should be you handling everything you should have one governing body formula one is such an interesting sport just because i mean we saw it um with the mercedes where you could push and pull on the steering wheel and it just tightened the uh the tires just a little bit in the front just to give them just that little bit more Mm -hmm. um and that ingenuity is great if you think they're not going to look for ingenuity to get, like you said, a couple tenths out of a penalty or out of a stop, then you're wrong. If it matters that much to you, then enforce it. I don't know. We yeah. want to self-police, but then, you know, people spend so much on shrimp in a, you in can't, a catering menu. So whatever. I just don't believe in self-policing at a professional level. When you're in a competitive environment where the stakes are that high, we're talking millions and millions and if not billions of dollars are at stake. And you don't think that a team is going, you just want to be like, we trust you. You're going to do the right thing. I mean, it's not the world we live in. This isn't our parents, 1942 fake dreams that they always talk about, you know, or there weren't bad people in the world. And I grew up in the seventies and it was easy to go outside and get kidnapped and all this. It's like, you know, no, like, it's, it's not a perfect world, and if you want to self-police, it's not going to turn out well for you. No, I agree. It's not when you're self-policing and there's so much on the line. So much on the line. I mean, we heard what Gunther would do the, to the entire grid <laughs> just for a point. Right. So, And that, that those points that you just flip-flop between there with George and Fernando could be a world championship. They could. No, you honestly, never know what's going we don't actually You never know what's happening down the line. Know, in general, that could, what you just did could decide a championship. Okay, so that's all i got to say about the FIA. Except this one other thing, which is the enforcement of track limits, where you see at the end of the race, um, Max and Checo were cutting one chicane just going straight through it. And Crofty mentioned, well, I guess that's a valid strategy if you haven't, you know, received any warnings for track limits. I guess you get three. 
Yeah. Felt a little iffy about that. I get it. There's no way to change that. But I mean, yeah, it's kind of it, it. It it's kind of a crappy rule. Now, yeah. granted, you know when I'm playing that F1 2022 game, I'm be cutting as many corners as I can too. I would take <laughs> I take advantage, full advantage when my car is not as fast to get that pole. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it kind of just seems like if you're blatantly doing it, it should be a penalty. Like if you okay, yeah. like take like Logan Sargent in qualifying. Mm-hmm. getting his lap time deleted when he has a really good lap because he touched the pit lane line. Yeah. You know, okay, that's the rule, and you're going to be harsh on that. But if somebody just, like, blatantly does something, you're just going to be like, hey, I blows guess, through the chicane. I guess we'll just Straight give you a warning, through. and you get three of those. You know, you're bending the rules now. Okay, that's being picky, but, yeah, it just seems we're going to enforce certain things. We're going to focus on certain things and not other things. Well, Come the on. only thing that's going to fix that is a million foam blocks. <laughs> right. Just put up the foam barriers over and over. Just in the, every <sighs> chicane. It's just like, you know, I get safety is a thing. It, but to be that harsh on that pit lane line, just if you touch it. Well, that's a perfect example. We're so harsh on just touching a line. You know, they've got a camera going straight down there. We've got a speed trap making sure that they cross the line going a certain speed not 0.1 kilometer an hour uh uh excuse me kilometer per hour over but we still can't figure out if they're doing enough time in their penalties ridiculous yep i enjoyed uh every Max Verstappen's dad not celebrating with Checo and everyone posting videos of um Lewis Hamilton's dad congratulating him after Max won and um, Checo's dad congratulating Max after he won. So That's because Jos Verstappen is, uh, by many accounts, not the greatest human being. So he's getting a lot of Twitter hate. That's all I want to say about him. Just think it's funny. Even Crofty brought it up and said, oh, he doesn't look very happy. Yeah, it was really all. I mean, your, your kid can't win everything. I get it. Or parents. We want our kids to win everything. You, you think certain they time were, you got to realize they can't. You know that were they going for that? What was it? The sixteen twenty one? No, no drivers ever done sixteen twenty one. He was tied with Schumacher, fifteen out of twenty. You know that was kind of way. He won. Listen, he if I was in Max's shoes, come on. If I if the only person standing in my way of beating Michael Schumacher's record, I mean, come on. I would say, based uh, on you know the limited, uh, we don't know him personally, contrary to belief. Yeah. Um, but I would say that Max Max was probably up, upset in the moment, and then as soon as he got out of the car, was like, "Eh, cool, let's just go, whatever." You're still, I'm still gonna win the championship. He uh, did just, steal that fastest lap there, though, when he, he wasn't supposed to. He did. Um, well, of course. I, I mean, I get it. Max is a competitor. He's going to go for every advantage he possibly can. He's going to go for every point. Oh, uh, we're not yeah, worried about that right now, Max. He's like, well, I am. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. So, none of this has been Max hate. None of this is against any driver. I'm not putting in question Max's 21 championship. I'm just hey, let's, saying. Uh, who's the one driver you don't like? The one driver I don't like, Nikita Mazepin. Current driver. Current driver? Yeah, who's your least favorite? I don't have a least favorite. Because we're a pretty pro driver show. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say I have a least favorite driver right now. 
I don't have anybody that I see on the screen. I'm like, why am I watching? Even every rookie, not a problem. I mean, I, I would say Nico Hulkenberg's probably my least favorite. You don't like Nico Hulkenberg? Hey, the, I'm gonna share you. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a, uh, a thread here in a second after we get off here. But of just he oh, just seems post-show. like a he seems like a weird weirdo. Nico Hulkenberg, really? Yeah. Oh man, like kind of full of himself. Oh. Allegedly, folks. Allegedly, not, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I just want to—I just want to say again. But we're still. A I don't pro really Nico have a hate for show. anybody. We're a now, pro halfway, Nico show. Halfway through this, um, you know, halfway through this season, I may come out here and say, you know what, guys, <laughs> Oscar Piastri, this Lando Norris guy, I think he might lose his seat. Hey, I think I know the actual reason McLaren is bad. It's those shoes. It's those team <laughs> shoes. The team shoes. They're so I don't I don't know if the kids these days like them. And I know they're super, super expensive shoes. Go back to the Pumas. These new what kind shoes. What shoes are just, they? Hold on, let me look. They're expensive, but they look like I don't want to say what they look F1 like because that's shoes. But they just they just they look like some cheap oh. shoes. And they're they're not good looking shoes. Mm. But they're like five hundred dollars shoes. Wow, I like how everything's like ooh McLaren colored, and I just look at it and think it's like the University of Tennessee. <laughs> it's a little different, but yeah, just a slight, slight, slight tint different. More papaya. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Anyways, mm. yep. Great. Cool. Well, there you go. We're a very uh, pro driver show. We are. I support the drivers. I want to see them all do well. <laughs> Exactly. I support them. You know, they don't get enough support now. Hey, I mean, we barely they're ma- barely making ends meet. True. They you know, they they gotta fight for every penny they got. Monaco you, ain't cheap. I would love if, you know, if they could all you know, they're all living in that like same apartment building in Monaco. So if they do like, you know, there. I would pay good money to watch like them reenact one episode of like only murders in the building. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be funny <laughs> if Max they were just, and like, Lando and I think it'd be cool. Charles Leclerc. It was like a big brother, a big brother thing, and they're just like they all just like lived in on the same floor. Okay, okay. So they're let's say they're all playing like Big Brother or Survivor. Who's the first person voted out? Uh, probably whoever's the strongest. So probably Max. You think they get rid of Max first? Yeah. Interesting. Or Lance because they just can't. (laughs) We love or Lance because he exists. Uh, yeah, Yeah, man. Crazy. I think Valtteri Botas and Guan Yuzhou would go pretty far because nobody would know they're there. Because mm-hmm. Alfa mm-hmm. Romeo gets no love. Watch it just be so disappointing. Like, you get know, like Oscar Pia- Piastri, you know, makes it <laughs> all the way to the end. Because he's just there. You know what? I'm not even going to say that. It's going to be Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton wins. And F1 with that. Survivor. Absolutely. Sponsored by FTX. Hmm. Eek. Oh my gosh. And on the other side, it says uh, SVB. Wow. Man. How do you know a, a business Wait, is really about to go it? under? Did does it doesn't really say it. I was going to say it's not. How do you know wow. a business is about to go under? They've thrown a lot of money into Formula One. That's not the case. I'm just kidding. I just think it's funny that FTX is on this Mercedes app. Um, has Mer- You know what? McLaren might do better if they just take off the e ink displays. Have they tried that? Um,. No, because that's where they get the money to be bad. I just want to say real quick, I've watched the pre-show coverage. I've watched during the race. 
never once have I seen the ink displays be noticeable. Right. I, I, I never once. When are you looking at the car? You have to be looking at it straight down on the driver. Mm-hmm. I think. It's I mean, more it doesn't even like show. A... It doesn't even show up in the cam. Because I think the it's Halo just because it. they they got people it got people talking and it was a way for them to get more sponsors without having to put more stickers on the car. Well, it works out because you know here we are talking about it. Do you think it weighs more? I mean, it's got to weigh more than a sticker, right? I don't know how much it weighs. I, I also know. don't know if there's Do stickers. Do you have a Kindle? Paint, just feel paint. it. What if it's lighter than that? Oh my gosh! Well, we can make the entire you can make the entire car out of Kindles. I think that'd be pretty heavy, but it'd be a one giant Amazon ad. Jeff Bezos comes in. Jeff Bezos comes in in his vest. <laughs> he can. He's probably, like. He, he's I bet like, Jeff Bezos weighs a flag better than Tim Cook. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and talk about Tim Cook's flag waving in front of me. Don't you dare bring that up in front of me. <laughs> it was bad. It made Driver survive too. Poor man. <laughs> Poor gotta guy's going just do. going through it, man. Let him release his reality headset. Leave him alone. No, he's Go buy an iPhone. He's got to do better. All right. Anything else you want to add uh, besides that? We're going to be back again next week to talk about the upcoming Australian Grand Prix. We are staying up so you all don't have to. 1 a.m. race time, folks. It's going to be amazing. 1 a.m. Eastern. 1 a.m. Eastern. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to, you know, get the kids to bed. Harrison's case, maybe uh, I'll probably be awake anyways. Awake anyways. It's going to be great. Anything you want to say before we go? Um, tune in next week for a new special segment. Oh, yes. Harrison is going to be the one to wow you with his brilliant prose. Yes. Okay, uh, that's it. Yes. Uh, yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, treklimitspod at gmail.com. Uh, you can get us on Twitter or Instagram while they last at Track Limits Pod. Leave mean comments for the stewards because they probably deserve it. And Lando Norris was mentioned in this episode. We'll see you again next week. Until then. Oh, wait. Before we go, I have to say one thing. I almost forgot. <laughs> okay. I almost forgot. I'm going to fade the music out here. I'm going to bring the music up and bring it back down. Your thoughts, Gunther Steiner in the booth for the NASCAR race this coming Sunday at Coda. Um, it's going to be a complete joke. Are you going to watch? Uh, I'll probably watch, but NASCAR at Coda is terrible yeah, to watch. It's, yeah, it's, it's really, really hard because they can just they can just run each other off the road, which is mm-hmm. cool, whatever. I'll probably watch a little bit. Um, yeah, the Gunter's cool. Pool was cool, but what's he gonna say? On is he gonna is he gonna be himself? Is he gonna be able to say the words he wants to say before he gets kicked out for doing it? Do you, do you think that you know they've got to have this on a delay? I'd say that they I don't, have I don't know. to have it on delay. I'd say they just have somebody like ready to push that button. Yeah, but, Mike. After the first one. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't, man. What's he gonna say? That's gonna, what, gonna what be insight well, he's just gonna, gonna drop be? some f bys and f bombs. No. They brought him in here so they can get an FCC fine. That's all it is. They're gonna they're they're gonna just ask him about Formula One, and he, that's all they're gonna talk about because it'll be the middle of the race and it'll be <laughs> there's nothing going on, so they'll need something to talk about Gunther two hours was... into the broadcast. Yeah, man. 
And Gunther's going to be like, wait a minute, y'all have commercials during the race? Yeah, and he's going to be like, what is this? He's going to be like, wait a second. What's this stage crap? Hey, this is this looks familiar about how fast my car goes around the track. You think he's got a, you think he's got a cheer for Stuart Haas? I mean, surely it is employer. <laughs> he's clinging on to Gene for dear life. Cling to Gene. I mean, oh, it'll be him and Tony in the booth too. Is Tony there? I know Kurt Busch is. I think, unless Tony's not all working it. He's the normal broadcaster for Fox. Oh my God! I can't wait for four of them. I, I don't know. I know Tony Stewart and and Gunther Steiner, two Haas affiliates. I bet they hate each other. I bet. <laughs> well, now I've just talked myself into watching this. So now I've got something to watch on Sunday. Oh boy! All right. Okay, we'll turn up the music again and say thanks for watching or listening, whatever you're doing. Bye. Goodbye.